Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. And we are live. Oh, all right. And we are live. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the burnout panel. We are six dynamic and dedicated professionals working to end burnout, reduce burnout. We come from various perspectives, each of us having a unique talent and a point of focus of reducing this drain on our lives and our ability to do what we love in the world. Today, our topic is absenteeism and the way it shows up in being away from the workplace due to burnout and then presenteeism, right? Which is another kind of way of being absent, but being so dedicated to the work that you're there no matter what, except you're only doing the thing. So if you'd like to have a more detailed definition, right? This absenteeism is absence from the work that extends beyond what is considered reasonable, right? It's not what we think of as people taking like a mental health day, which I've done that many times in a career, but it's not that. It goes beyond that. People have now reached a point where they say, I can't do this anymore. I just, I really can't get to work. And then absenteeism is that part where people say, well, I'm going to die. Presenteeism, my apologies, is that I'm going to just dive in. I'm just going to ignore the fact that I don't, I don't have any needs, that I have needs. I'm going to not take care of myself. And I'm just going to be here, even if I'm sick, I'm going to come to work and I'm going to stay and do the job. We don't think either of those are good, and we know that they are markers for burnout. They are telling us that this person has reached some stage of burnout. Since I'm kicking us off today, I'll tell you a little bit about me. I'm a clinical psychologist and a personal energy strategist, which means I focus quite a bit on that aspect of burnout that has to do with exhaustion, where people don't have anything left to give, so they disconnect. And when I think about absenteeism, one of the things that comes to my mind is um, a project I worked on many years ago in the HIV AIDS epidemic. And that epidemic, we know, right, that there were people who were dedicating their lives to helping families do well and people trying to find cures. So there was a lot of professional dedication to the process of healing the disease itself, but it also was a devastating process for families there were concerns. And if you worked in a country where there were people who were also sick, you had family members who were sick, you would not only be working on this disease at home, but you would go home to your, with your working in the workplace, but you would go home to your family and have to deal with the same kinds of issues. So we often talk about burnout being multi-layered. And one of the things I wanted to share today is a story of one of the organizations I work with where the hospital literally went from having 
40 employees call in sick, right? So, you know, you have a fairly large staff and maybe you get 40 people calling in sick in a month. They went from 40 to 400 sick days a month. That literally is 10 times the amount of sick time. So this is going far beyond, right? This kind of absenteeism is going far beyond. Luckily, this was a country where the government and the hospital officials, the people who organized, who managed all the, the well-being said, wait a minute, we have to do something to nurture people who are dealing with working on in the hospital, but may also be going home and dealing with these same issues. So I want to just share with you this little model that we came up with, um, and it's the way that I work. Um, it's called multi-systems. See if I present. Oh, there it is, right there. Thank you. So this is what I call this multi-systems model where we in that situation of absenteeism we're looking at of course the individual and what they may have available to them to deal with what's what they're facing at work and, and the example i'm giving you clearly their resources were overwhelmed there was nothing that emotional intelligence or their ability their sense of fulfillment could do at that point because they were way too exhausted and complete and depleted and then in the home they were actually going home, losing sometimes their so source of social support and having to take care of people. In this particular organization, one of the things they talk about, they talked about, the employees talked about was this whole need to have some education and some training, some need to have somebody say, hey, you recognize what I'm doing, some close contact from their supervisors and a team oriented approach. And in their community, they also were looking for, well, what can I do outside of the community? And luckily outside of the workplace, what can I do that will support me to feel whole at work and whole at home? so that I can take care of these both sets of needs. And luckily this was a country where um, the people, the government actually invested in, the, in dealing with the workplace wellness issues. So I share this with you because if we're gonna deal with absenteeism, we need to recognize that we're gonna get to that individual level, but there may be other things going on that need to be managed. And it is important for us to think about as an organization, how to help, what do we shift to help people feel better and well enough to come to work and to do the thing that fulfills their heart. Like with healthcare providers, they really wanted to do their work. So I'm gonna shift it over to Audrey now, and she's going to share her thoughts on absenteeism. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm just, I'm literally just gonna bounce right off of that. I think that is such an important piece. Um, actually, can we, can we put that slide back up? Cause I feel like that slide is really important for folks to like take in and look at and see that this is not, it's not just an individual problem. It's not right. It is multi-layered. Um, so one of the things I was, I wanted to talk about was just how are you going to, how are we going to notice this? Like, how are you going to tell that absenteeism or presenteeism is going on within your organization? I think absenteeism is a little bit more of an obvious thing where there are people literally physically absent from an area, right? Like they're not showing up. Maybe they have scheduled um, absences, and maybe there's a lot of them coming up. Um, there may be unscheduled absences where they are, you know, calling in last minute or not showing up for things. Um, you may also be seeing things like behavior changes or decline, decline in performance that can also be associated with absenteeism. Um, and presenteeism is 
Uh, the biggest word I think to keep in mind with both absenteeism and presenteeism is engagement or lack of engagement, right? Disengagement. People are literally physically disengaged from the workplace or they are mentally checked out, right? That There's that, um, that piece that is consistent in many of the ways that you want to define burnout or, or the different signs and symptoms of burnout. One of that is that disengagement piece where people are just disengaged from the work that they're doing. They're physically present. Their body has showed up for work today, but their motivation, their drive, their connection to the work itself, or even to the people that they're working with, especially right, like in a healthcare situation, um, they may not be as um, like emotionally invested or able to connect as they were before. Um, and there, this is relational, right? This is something just um, just as was mentioned before, that this is something that you can address within your teams. You want to be in relationship with people that you are starting to notice these things, right? Like if this is not noticed and it keeps going unchecked for a long period of time, you're going to have a bigger problem. So how are people checking in with people? Um, what are the questions you want to be asking is like, is this a individual problem? Is this a cultural problem, right? Is this an organization-wide problem? Is there certain departments that are are experiencing higher levels of either absenteeism, which again is a little bit easier to track, or presenteeism. Um, is it that there is bullying going on? Is there harassment going on, right? These are more overt things. Or is there something bigger going on? Sometimes for individuals, again, like Dr. Sandra was saying, like they, there's stuff going on outside of workplace, right? There's a lot of stuff that people are trying to juggle outside of work with family, with finances, with housing, all sorts of things that are, that are really challenging right now. So <clears throat> a lot of this is just starting to ask questions and starting to notice that this may be an issue, what it may look like, and how to start to ask people questions and start checking in with them on a regular basis to see, is this consistent or is this new? And is this an individual or is this something that is a bigger, a bigger issue? So I'm going to pass this on to Aileen to continue this conversation. Thank you, Audrey. So <clears throat> I'm going to talk about my thoughts on formalizing Audrey's recommendation of asking those questions and checking in and then get into some solutions too. So my name is Eileen Axmeyer. I'm a career coach and workplace well-being speaker. So I, I always encourage organizations and the people within them, if it doesn't exist where they work, to implement something I call career well-being check-in. So just like we hopefully have, and I probably have talked about this before in our previous uh, burnout panel sessions, just like we have an annual physical with our PCP, I think organizations should have career well-being check-ins, and this should be separate from performance reviews because those are already just chaos and a lot on people's plates. So this should be something separate from how am I performing where's my bonus or what's happening with my raise? It should be, how is your work aligning or not? Um, how have the projects that we were hoping that you would end up being able to level up and skill into going? Are they actually happening? Um, how is the collegial environment on that team? All of those things to just check in on how an employee is doing physically, mentally, emotionally, all of those components to ensure that those questions that Audrey talked about are covered. So that's one solution. It's it's a more formalized approach to asking those questions. And of course, those should be a part of uh, everyday kind of meetings, conversations too. But sometimes people get busy in the, the doing and not the being. And so this can be at least one checkpoint that's formalized in any organization. And then 
two kind of components to think about for solutions to kind of thinking about both absenteeism and presenteeism are the following. So if you find out in those conversations that it's really these, these manifestations of these behaviors are coming from boredom or lack of an engagement and connection to the work. So a lot of times, you know, work is more in, engaging and challenging when we're learning a new skill. And then the thing that used to be hard is easy and we start to coast a little and there's a good period of coasting, but then we get bored and complacent. And if we can check in with our colleagues, our employees, and notice when this is happening, and sometimes they don't even realize that too. So if we can kind of provide that space, we can start to think about ways that don't even cost an organization money to remedy and mitigate that boredom. So thinking about LinkedIn learning, other avenues per, for skill up-leveling and professional development, again, that don't always have to be a cost to the organization, but can scratch the boredom itch. And then the other thing to think about is if in those check-ins and conversations, if it's coming from a place of burnout, Audrey and Dr. Sandra mentioned, so many components can influence that burnout. We've talked about it in these sessions before too. But if it's coming from that, explore what your existing wellness and well-being program offerings actually provide. And if those uh, workshops, EAP programs, all the all the types of things, if they do address what those employees are saying is challenging for them. So a lot of times in my experience, being career coach for 15 years, seeing why people are leaving or disengaging, um, as well as partnering with organizations, they're oftentimes, say nine out of 10, uh, organizations need to supplement that existing offering with something more niche. It sounds niche, but it's just an issue that traditional uh, well-being programs don't capture. So for example, parental burnout, something most parents and many parents experience, but often isn't uh, really supported in traditional programming. So I'll kind of wrap us here and see what Dr. Sharon has to say to keep us going on this topic. Thank you so much. And I love the conversation where it's going so far. We've talked about a few really, really important issues and um, I'd love to jump in. Uh, but before I do, I'll just introduce myself quickly. I'm Dr. Sharon Grossman, and as a retention expert, I've worked with a variety of healthcare organizations specifically. Um, so if you're finding that it's harder to keep your folks engaged and productive, you're absolutely not alone. And I teach organizations just like yours how to keep their employees happier working for you than the competition. Now, I'm a really big believer in understanding the root causes of issues. And so We've already talked about a few of them with regards to absenteeism. So we know that it can be personal issues and that you might have a little less control over, obviously, but there are a lot of things that come from the work. So it can be a symptom of poor work satisfaction. It can be just a symptom of having really high stress levels or people being burned out or even health problems. And so when you think about all the different reasons why people have absenteeism or, or why that is a problem in your organization, it really boils down to physical and mental. And let's focus on the things that you can have the most impact on. And that is really thinking about how to increase satisfaction and how to reduce stress and burnout. Now you're talking to a group of burnout experts. So you're in the right place specifically for that. Um, and I'm going to share five 
really concrete things to think about on how to do these two things. One is you want to have some really clear expectations about what the job entails. Sometimes people become stressed out because they're asked to do things that aren't clearly defined because they don't really know what to expect or because they're expected to do things that are outside of their role or their expertise. So that's the first thing. Secondly, you want to encourage feedback. So um, there's there's got to be this uh, feedback loop where employees are learning from their mistakes. They're learning how to improve. They're getting really concrete strategies and tips over time. And that's going to help increase engagement. And I love Aileen specifically talked about engagement. So engagement is really important because that's what gets people to be present in their work. But the question is, how do we increase engagement? That's one way is by encouraging feedback. Another is by creating opportunities for growth and development. And she talked about LinkedIn learning. There's a lot of different things that you can do. But the question is, what are you doing? And are you doing anything at all? And if not, that's something to really come back to again and again, because that increases engagement. People want to know that you care about not just the work that they do, but them as a person. So if you're going to invest in them, in their learning and their growth, then they are going to be more loyal, they're going to be more engaged, and they're going to want to show up to work. And in general, you want to foster a really positive work environment because, as we always say, you spend more time at work than anywhere else. And so if you create that really positive environment, then people want to come to work for you. And so many places I find are um, focused on just getting stuff done and it becomes really stressful. It's important to have productivity, yes, but when you have people who are engaged because they feel invested in, because they feel cared about, because you're recognizing their efforts and you are rewarding their good work, they are going to be more engaged in the workplace. They're going to want to show up. So um, I'm hoping that this has given you some uh, things to really think about. And we're not done because we still have two more people to share their great ideas. And I'm going to pass it on to Kate. Hello, everybody. I'm Kate Donovan. I work with organizations to reduce burnout so they can keep top talent as a keynote speaker, podcaster, author, and coach. I like things that are counterintuitive and things that are maybe a little surprising and shocking. That's almost always my answer to everything, just because I think that it gets people to think. The first thing that popped into my head when we started discussing this topic about a month ago was how do we decrease absenteeism? Well, by increasing it first. Give people more time away from work. That means on their weekly working schedules, not emailing people at 11 o'clock at night or yelling at them to be on Slack at 11 o'clock at night. And additionally, it includes encouraging people to take their PTO, encouraging people to take their time off. This can be a real big challenge in the United States because we don't like taking vacation in this country. In the EU, the regulation is that you must provide a minimum of four weeks PTO to all the European member states. Four weeks as a minimum. I never worked in a country that was anything less than 24 days 
which is very easily made into five weeks with one public holiday. In the United States, companies are not even required by federal law to give you federal holidays off. If you do not, as a leader, model time away from work, where you can actually rejuvenate yourself and actually find time to be inspired again, and you do not encourage your people to take time off work and really let them be away. The entire world does this. The company is not going to fall apart because one person isn't there. And if it does, it's because the structure isn't done well. Literally, the rest of the world does this, and it works, and it's fine. So I would love everybody to consider whether or not the people that they feel are engaging with absenteeism or presenteeism, if those people have taken a real significant break more than a week, maybe 10 days, maybe two weeks. Have you ever been on a vacation? It took you five days just to calm down. How do we expect people to feel good at work when they don't even have enough time to settle? I recently took a vacation myself. I deleted all of my social media while I was gone. And after five days, I was ready to write a book that I haven't been able to sit down with for six months. We need time away. We need it when we're passionate. We need it when we're engaged. We need it when we're happy. And we especially need it when we're absent. We especially need it when we're quiet quitting. And we especially need it when we're burnt out. Find a way to model a system where it is acceptable and even encouraged to take real time away from work. Vanessa, that's you, girl. Hello, everyone. What a lovely panel we've had thus far. I am here, I'm gonna wrap it up for us here and give you the nice, lovely summary of what we've talked about here. Now, first, let me introduce myself. My name is Vanessa Zami. I work with leaders to be help them be more efficient, more effective and more productive so that they can show up as their best selves, not only for themselves, not only for yourself, but also for your team and also for your family because it all wraps up together. In summary, folks, when it comes to how to decrease absenteeism within your company, within your teams, you want your employees to be present. You don't want them to feel like they have to be present. You want them to actually want to be present. You want them to actually be engaged so that they can be present. Okay? We've heard many different things here. We had Sharon who talked about investing and learning and growth. We had Audrey and Aileen talking about checking in on the individual level, but even checking in with the data on, you know, are there certain departments that you're seeing an increased absenteeism as well, too? And then we had Kate here emphasizing the holiday schedule and the vacation, right? Increase absenteeism to decrease absenteeism, okay? That's one thing you take away from this. Take that away. Great quote. Great quote, great, great quote. Okay, what I'm going to add to that is ultimately it comes down to what is the culture that you want to establish on your team and in your team? What is the culture and the sort of way of being, the values and beliefs that you want to implement within your team and how you guys work, right? Or how the group works. Number one, flexible work schedule. Okay, when it comes to a flexible work schedule, you might be saying, but wait, burnout panel, this will encourage them to work less. You might have responded to Kate saying, but if we give them more vacation, they will want to work less. No, that is not how that works, folks. That is not how that works. When you give people the option for flexibility, this is this was learned during the pandemic too, right? You thought when people went remote, they wouldn't show up, but they showed up, they showed up even more, okay? The point being is that when you encourage, when you 
show people, when you show your employees, when you show your team that you care about them, that you actually want them to succeed, that you are like, here, here is it. Let's do a well-being check. How are you doing? Here's vacation time so you can recharge and reset. Guess what? They will come back even stronger and better and more productive than ever. You should try it. Do an experiment. See how that works, okay? It is all about that culture of accepting and understanding that your employees are not machines. They are people. They are humans. Just like you, you were also a person and a human, okay? Guess what? Your spouse and your kids may be looking at you saying, where, where have you been? You might feel guilty about that. Well, guess what? Do something about that. And how about you take a vacation? And when you do that, encourage your team to also take a vacation. And you will see the impact to everyone and everything around you. Another thing as well, too, when it comes to culture, I'm all about honesty and directness and transparency, right? So yes, have that well-being check. Have that well-being check with those individuals on your teams who are all about, you know, they're not showing up. Guess what? Sit down with them and say, hey, I noticed you're not showing up. Address those unsanctioned absences. Address those people who are not showing up. Because at the end of the day, when you address it to those people who are not showing up, everyone else will see that as well, too. It's all about the culture. What? How do you want people to feel when they walk into that office? How do you want people to be when they are sitting down at their desk, whether it be at their home desk or their you know, in office desk, however it is you are structured, how are you going to make your employees and team want to be present, want to be there, want to show up as their best selves? We presented a lot of ideas here today. I suggest you re-listen, review, retake some notes, maybe share it with some other employees as well too, okay? And implement those things within your teams and within your company. We are the burnout panel. We are a dynamic group of six women who are here with experts, as experts, with various experiences in the corporate world, helping leaders, helping businesses just like yours be more productive, be more effective, be more efficient. If you want to book us, we, there's a link in the comments. Okay, nice little Google form. Nice and simple Google form. Okay, so everyone has Google form. Okay, so you can just click that link and submit that form. Okay, and let us know what you're interested in learning about, what you're interested in addressing. And if you want to follow us as well, too, on the Burnout Panel on LinkedIn, we have a company page called the Burnout Panel. Follow us for more details and dates on upcoming events that we are hosting. Every month, we are here live on LinkedIn, sharing these tips with you to ensure that you are a better leader, that you have a better team, and that your company can make even more of an impact and difference in the world. With that being said, if you have any questions, type them in the chat, whether you're watching a replay, whether you're watching us right now, type them in the chat and we will definitely address them. With that being said, have a lovely rest of Monday, folks.